Well, hello there. Welcome to this special daily series of Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, Colony Coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Dairy Hollow in the historic arts village of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And I'm honored to host this podcast featuring writers, authors, poets, and artists from our community and across the nation. During this monumental time, the Writers' Colony at Dairy Hollow believes it's important to give voice to the writing community, to hear their thoughts and guidance, words of hope about this pandemic that we are all experiencing in different and unique ways. So again, welcome to Right Now at the Writers' Colony podcast. Let's see who we can get on the line. This call is being recorded. Hello. Hey, Chad. How are you? Ruth Mitchell, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. I've been having some technical difficulties, so I just wanted to make sure that we were connected. So welcome. I'm so glad to talk to you. I wish we were doing it at the Writers' Colony instead of on the phone. I miss you guys coming in for your writing group. I know. I miss everybody out there. I know. Are you you guys (laughs) meeting by phone or doing anything like that? Well, it's adorable. Um, It's a a half dozen characters in my writing group, and they're all just adorable. And they do these little streams of um, testing. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. No. But, um, what is it? It's usually pr- pretty funny and clever. Today, I just got chills. Um, I won't mention names, but one person uh, talked about how we might lose somebody in this deal, and um, if it was him, he was okay and ready to go. And it just oh, brought wow. it home. I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So pe- people are dying that have been so. I mean that have been exposed to people that don't even have symptoms and they're getting it from them. And it's just crazy. Yeah. I don't think even the most skilled sci-fi writer could have dreamed this up. It's just wild, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, And we're going to talk more about that, but first let me let you introduce yourself to everyone. Oh, okay. Well, I looked at your questions this morning and I thought, Hmm, bio. Let's see what Facebook says. Uh, let's look at LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'll share a little story with you about um, why I became a writer. I spent most of my career as a journalist. Uh, a short stint as an art gallery owner, which got me into um, making jewelry. But um, anyway, that's a side issue. Uh, so I've been writing. Was that here in Eureka Springs? Pardon me? Was that here in Eureka Springs? No, I wish it was. I had it was in Arkansas. I had a small gallery for a while, and anyway, that was just a side issue. I've been writing all my life. I got into it. Um, I came from a large family, and everyone, all my siblings, were smart, talented, and beautiful. And so I was the little sister, and um, I couldn't compete with them verbally, right? So uh, I. It's just the way it was. I sort of have ADD. Well, I do have ADD. But so as a, a verbal person, I'm not that great. But so I got into writing to, so that I could organize my thoughts and, and um, access my intellect is what I like to say. 
Um, yeah. So that's how I started writing. I don't know if that's a learning disability yeah. or whatever. No, I think that's amazing. How old were you when you started kind of doing that? Well, I kind of figured that out in grade school. Um, really? You know, all these people that were older than me were having these wonderful conversations. You know, back then, that's what people did. They had conversations. And yeah. we didn't have social media. <laughs> so, uh, that's why I'm said, so well, excited wanted... for this podcast. What? That's why I'm so excited for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know? It, it's great fun right now especially now, to be having conversations. I spend more time on the phone than I normally do because it's just a good way to connect with people. Yes, and yes. And there's texting, of course, and all that. But, um, so writers are solitary people, and so I'm okay with that. Uh, I do a lot. Of, I walk my dogs, and I get out in nature a lot. That helps me get out of the house. But um, we've been real serious about the, uh, uh, what do you call it, stay-at-home quarantine because both mm -hmm. my husband and I are pretty high risk and so oh, okay. we don't mess around so we're being very good and we've even gone to the extent of um, sanitizing our groceries which is kind of a hoot because I don't know how good it is but we're trying our best yeah <laughs> so you said you started you writing careful with yes you said that, that you again started you started writing um, out your thoughts when because you um, because you were listening to these intellectual conversations with people that were older than you, and so in grade school you started writing it out. What um, like what what did you what do you mean by that? Well, I just realized that if I was to express myself in the way that my mind thought, I had to write it down, and that gave me you know I can edit it that. Right, flirting out impulsive things, and I—I I used to be quite impulsive. I still really am, but anyway. <laughs> so, I was a journalist in Arkansas. I was the special publications editor of um, Arkansas Business for a couple of years. I was part owner and editor of At Home in Arkansas for a couple of years. I did a lot of freelancing, and um, so that was just my primary career was writing. Um, yeah, I wrote I wrote an Arkansas history text for fifth and sixth graders called Arkansas Heritage, and then I but I always wanted to write fiction. I mean that that's how I learned was through fiction. I just explored all kinds of different scenarios and loved to read, and um, I I learned I was self taught a lot through literature. And that was my goal was to someday write novels, which I'm just really starting to get into. And well, you have one group, out. You have one out. Yes, I did. It's called Write Up. And I, yes, it's out. I kind of, kind of a sleeper. I kind of forgot about it. The last few years, I've had vision troubles. I've moved a couple times, and it's just been kind of wild. I never thought at this point in my life I'd be uh, so mobile, but I have been so. Anyway, I'm kind of getting back into marketing yet. Um, it's it's actually a story about Eureka Springs. Oh, it and is. Now, what? Uh, quirky characters. And as I look back, and as I read it again now that I live here in Eureka, I've lived here a couple of years, uh, I'm kind of amazed. I think I started it maybe 20 years ago. Um, I'm kind of amazed at the insights I had about the town back then because we visited here for de for decades. We've come because we love it here, but um, yeah. So anyway, it's a lot of fun. Well, so the purpose, 
are, do you find that you now know some of those quirky characters in real life? Well, sure. I know, right? Absolutely. So what is the story about? Well, it's about this woman, the the protagonist, um, and it's it's about uh, the town. I call it White Oak, not Eureka Springs, of course. Um, And uh, she owns a bed and breakfast with her husband, who's retired for being a lawyer. Um, they love each other, but then they kind of go through this relationship turmoil, and um, drugs and alcohol are involved, and everything kind of falls apart, mm-hmm. and she just kind of makes her way through that whole scenario, and she's an artist, and so toward the end of the book, she kind of, they kind of both move through that. You're not sure if they're going to get back together or not, but the funny thing is, I had a person ask me that reviewed it, they said, well, are you going to write a sequel? And I went, what? And she goes, well, I want to know if they really got back together or not. Because <laughs> I, I left it kind of hanging on purpose, but not yeah. to write a sequel, just for fun, so that you could, you know, fill in the blanks for yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. Addiction is, well, is um, a, it's a very complicated. Yes. It's a very complicated topic. So, um, anyway. Yeah. And so, and so now you're actually working with the writing group um, that meets at the Writers Colony. You're working on a new book, right? Well, this is what happened. A friend of mine that's in the Writers Group asked me to come join. Join, and I didn't know she even knew I was a writer, to tell you the truth. Um, and I did, and I loved it, and I got all excited. Um, I've had a vision problem for a few years, and I'm kind of waiting, uh, waiting through that process now I still have difficulty I mean I've been reading you know all my life and it's very frustrating but um, I'm trying to seek answers to the problems and so anyway I got all excited and enthused and stimulated by all the feedback and so I just started writing and it's called at the moment I put it's a work in progress but what it is it's a story of a writer who lives in a haunted hotel in San Francisco Oh. And um, it's all about the ghosts in her hotel and her. Who are there's a mystery involved about who her grandfather is and there's romance and and at the same time this other story that she's writing is folded into the book. Well, I think I finally decided to separate the two books. Her name is Laura Haskell, and I may publish the other book at the end of this one or separately. And and Laura Haskell will be the the author oh, cool. so we'll see but people kept getting frustrated i would share with them and then you know i'd leap from one story to the next which is great for me writing but for readers i'm not sure it's the best idea but it kind of calms me to do that because they're two very different stories the story she's writing is a um fantasy novel and um, okay. so they're it's kind of fun to jump back and forth. It kind of keeps me my ADD under control. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, and so what's the um, what's kind of the the story for? Well, the sto- for her? story is you've heard of artificial intelligence. Yes. Well, these um, Ghostbusters quote um, Ghostbusters come to her hotel to study the ghosts. And it's just at a time when they are connecting with an artificial intelligence where 
there is a dog that can see the dead ghost, wears a headset, and can actually show the ghost to them on the screen. And oh, wow. Is, you know, completely revolutionary, right? Right. So it's just a lot of fun and um, a lot of mystery to it. And um, the name of the hotel is actually called the, the Crescent, but, of course, it's located in San Francisco. Right. Which is a city I love and have a lot of family there, and so I know it geographically pretty well. But um, it, the Crescent Hotel here in Eureka Springs inspired me. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, what is she writing? She's writing a fantasy novel, and that now has a title. It's called The Two Moons of Mirth, M-E-R-T-H. Okay. And it is an adorable story. It's kind of a fairy tale, and it, it's... Um, it's just wonderful. I love it. It's it's all goodness, and you know they do have these issues they have to overcome. And oddly, I've written, I've read a lot of science fiction, but I've never read fantasy per se a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's a line between the two, and this is fantasy, so I'm kind of learning as I go. And it's I don't know if it's any good, but I'm enjoying reading it as I write it. So. <laughs> well, that's what that's what matters. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, so and it's, it's got magical horses in it, and um, it's on another planet that has two moons, wow. and it's kind of um, like Robin Hood's era or, you know, royalty and all that. I, I love gotcha. that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you read some fantasy books to kind of prepare for this, or, um, well, or did I you just that? Yeah, but. Prior to this, I hadn't read a lot. I'm, I'm sure I've read some that qualify in this genre, but I'm not sure what they are at the moment. But yes, I do have to school myself as I go. Yeah, yeah. So you have fa- family in San Francisco. So how how are they? Well, my sister, who's 78, was in lockdown a few weeks ago. And they still are, of course. Um, they're healthy. I have a daughter in L.A. who uh, is very bright and intelligent. I've never seen her worry so much. I mean, she's worried. Really? No, really. She has two little boys. In her company, she works for Autodesk, which is a worldwide company. And so weeks ago, they told them to start working from home. So they're probably safe in that regard. But she did tell me a week or two ago she had to trade Beer for toilet paper. Now, isn't that sad? <laughs> said, for real? You've got two little... Two, for real. I said, T- with two little boys, don't give all your beer away, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Those little boys are very active. And so, you know... Uh, I know. Fortunately, for husband, it's available to help. That's good. That, that is good. Is she worried about getting it or giving it? I mean, what what are what her her main worries? Well, she reads a lot, and so she's educated herself on how sneaky this disease is. And she lives in a highly dense um, urban area, so you know, yeah, the chances of getting it are very much greater than ours here in Eureka. So right, right, yeah. Take one day. And I guess she's having to do to the whole homeschooling. Well, the boys are uh, six and three, so yes, they're working with them a little bit, and they're they're very bright and active physically. 
Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. They're not too worried about keeping up with a certain level or anything like that. In fact, I think that Elvis was planning to skip a grade anyway, so it'll all, okay. that'll all work out. It's just staying healthy. That's concerned, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I her, my heart my heart goes out to all the parents out there because I mean, just knowing my sister, she also has two boys, uh, three and a half and six, and. Well, about the same age as your grandchildren. Um, well, that's right. You just got back from babysitting them, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That's when the whole thing kind of went down. I was there, and uh, Flint School got closed, and we were like, what are we going to do? So we went to the aquarium, which was probably the mm-hmm. worst idea, because <laughs> <laughs> the place was Indoor. crawling with kids. Um, oh, my you know, licking things and sneezing oh. and all kinds of stuff. But thankfully, we've gotten past the um, the period uh, by which we would have developed symptoms if, you know, if we Good. had gotten something there. But, I mean, the energy, the the level of energy, I just think, wow, what what would it be like to be a parent and just have to be, you're basically on 24-7. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's no yeah. break. Yes, and she's got a full-time job. She normally works at home much of the time. She, her office is in San Francisco, so she travels up there. But now that they're on lockdown, she just has to, you know, that's where she works. So it's hard to keep the kids away from her. Her husband helps. But yeah. It's a difficult situation, yeah. How are you feeling about it all? Well, <clears throat> freaky. I vacillate. I mean, I love solitary confinement. I mean, that's that's fine. But, I know. I, um, all the writers I talk to, they're like, well, this isn't really different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, if you produce, you got to do the time alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. If, if the dog's bark or my husband needs something or whatever, I'm just going, oh, leave me alone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you it's getting any writing done? I am. I I would think I'd be getting more than normal, but it's probably less than normal because, like I said, I spend a lot of time on the phone talking to people, and you have to order your groceries online and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. It takes a little bit more thought, forethought to do this. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I was asking, how how are you feeling about it? You said you, you're you fine with the solitary, you know, confinement part of it, but, I mean, is it affecting you and emotionally, your writing, I mean, how you perceive the world? I'm a huge optimist, and so it's hard for me to hunker down with the dangers of this thing. So, you know, my natural outlook is, oh, everything's going to be fine. And um, so, yes, I don't, I'm a real happy person. I don't really get depressed, but I had a day or two where I was thinking, oh, you know, when is it? When am I going to get to see my family next? I mean, that yeah. issue's already coming up. You know, yeah. how many months is it going to be before I can hug them? For it, even right. Them so we do a lot of, um, you know, FaceTime and that, but it's just not enough, of course. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I saw my um, my nephews and sister and, her husband, they came over here to the to their cabin. And as I was leaving, I just started crying. And now I realize why mom cried every time I left 
you know, to go to school yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and I'm, I'm leaving those boys and I'm, you know, giving them, giving my sister and then big hugs. And I'm just, and I just started crying. Cause I was like, gosh, I just, you know, it's, yeah. I, I think the whole level of uncertainty is really starting to yeah. kind of hit home for everybody. Well, it's underlying. And of course, I think most of us have felt uncertainty for the last few years. Yeah. With um, concern to our country and democracy and all that. So add to that this, you know, it's even more uncertainty. But <clears throat> that's what builds faith and character, right? Yeah. Well, we're getting a good dose of it. Thanks. We certainly <laughs> are. Some, I just heard a story today of this young woman I know that was living in New York, and she has a, she's had a couple of really nice jobs, but she and her son and her ex-husband came back to Jonesboro to hide out, right? Cause it must oh, be no. And then they got hit by the tornado. I know. So, uh. like, <clears throat> that's not fair, is it? Yeah, that's just... Uh, but okay. adversity is part of life. It is. Do you find that um, not only writing uh, helps you kind of get your thoughts out, but does it help you kind of therapeutically at all? Well, of course. I think anytime you express yourself anyway, you know, whether you're a painter or a musician or whatever, it makes you feel good because you're using your God-given talents. I mean, you're using that gift that's inside of you that you were given at birth, that you've yeah. developed in over the years and pursued and nurtured and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, um, is there any advice you would give to writers right now, you know, during this time? Well, people ask me that, you know, young people and I flat out say, do anything you possibly can except for write. Unless you're absolutely obsessed, do not write. <laughs> you mean prevent, like well. to get, yeah. <laughs> do anything else but write. But yeah. if you're truly an, a writer that's obsessed with writing, you will write no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I qualify to give writers advice because I'm I'm looking for advice from them. I mean, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel good and makes you feel productive, that's what you need to do that day. Yeah. Do you have a routine? Do you have a certain time that you write? I kind of do um, in my ADD way. Um, have you ever heard of the, the saying, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Yes, I have heard that. Well, I, I avoid trying to work when I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And, mm. and I try to keep balance, mental and physical balance. So when I do sit down... I'm pretty productive, and I don't sit there and go, oh, what am I going to write? If I do that, I leave. i got to take a walk or do something. But um, if I do, if I take care of myself mentally and physically, I, I'm just, I get there and I write gangbusters. And I, I was thinking about the process the other day. I just write, and I don't worry about whether it's good or bad at first, right? So you just, like it just comes to you? You just are writing? Just It's just flowing? Okay, yes, it just comes. I mean, like I was saying, I'm writing this fantasy novel, and I haven't even read much fantasy, and it just comes. And it's like yeah. a web. And you tuck in the details and the corrections and edit it as you go along. It's just like this never-ending um, tapestry that you keep changing and evolving and creating better. Mm. And if you worry about it being great the first time, you'll never do anything, you know? It's right, right. It's by perfectionism. 
So, did that answer your question? I don't even remember your question. Yes, <laughs> yes, it did. I was, well, I was asking if you have a routine. Like, do you, oh, is there, is there a time yeah. that you set up for this or? Um, no, I work in the mornings. I usually have two sessions in the morning because I get hungry and I need to get up and walk around. So I usually do most of my writing in the morning. I kind of walk the dogs and get the mail in early afternoon. And if I still have some juice left in the afternoon, I come back and hit it again. But I, I don't do much after 3 or 4 o'clock. It's like I'm brain dead. Yeah, yeah. Done. So that's the routine, and I do that every day that allows for it. You know, I have to pay bills and all that stuff in between. So right, right. Did, all that do you find? I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's it. Oh, all that fun stuff, gotcha. <laughs> do you find yeah. that a writing group helps you? Oh, Does absolutely. Does it motivate you? Oh, my God. Well, it's not so much motivation as, and it's not critiquing, it's like mental anguish support. These people know what it's like, what you're going through. And sometimes our group is pretty kind, but they'll they'll give you pointers, that, ideas that you hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just like being in a room of people that you connect to. It's like, yeah. it's just wonderful. Yeah. And there's personalities, they're all characters. And you know, I don't know that we need to be best friends. Or they've all been in it much longer than I have. I've only been in it for six to eight months, and um, so I feel kind of tread lightly. You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but um, I feel comfortable sharing my viewpoints and and listening to them. Sometimes I think when hell freezes over, I'm going to do that. But typically, they give me good ideas. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be so vulnerable. Do you find that challenging? Yeah. Well, no, I'm used to that because I've been I've been so motivated to be a writer for so long that um, it's just no, it's no problem at all. In fact, when I was in the magazine business, I had people call me up and go, "Well, you put a comma in the wrong place, or you forgot a period, or you misspelled my name," and I would just <laughs> laugh. I mean, try not to laugh at, at them, but you know, I was like, "Really?" <laughs> so get a life, buddy. <laughs> Is that all you had to worry about? Yeah. Of course, I had to be polite and all that. So, anyway. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, so you are staying in. You're getting your groceries. Uh, I guess you're going for pickup. And, um, yeah. and you're taking care of washing everything down and keeping social distancing um, yeah. as a practice. So, good. I'm glad you guys are staying safe. Um it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time of life, you know. I have to tell you about our funny way of um, sanitizing our groceries, right? Yeah. Yes. So my husband went to Walmart back when things were just starting. I think I got some toilet paper before his visit, and then he, he called me up and he goes, there's nothing here for sanitizing. There's no Purell, blah, blah, blah. So he, gra- he did grab a thing of Lysol, which I've been guardingly using, of course, and then he picked up this Somewhere at Walmart, he picked up this big gallon of chlorine and oh. brought that home. And I said, honey, what am I going to do with that? Well, this is what we do with it. We dilute it and put it in a spray bottle and set all the groceries out on the front deck and spray them down. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and then we, you know, dry them off and bring them in the house. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know that sounds a little paranoid, but 
when you can end up on a ventilator over this, it's yeah. just not worth taking any risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, we're and I think that the people are still trying to kind of figure out. Um, I think that's the thing that's kind of the most that causes the most anxiety is that although we have a lot of information, we kind of don't have a lot of information at the same time. So, you know, it's difficult to know, like, what should I be doing if I'm picking up things or if I'm having something delivered, do I need to wash, you know, wipe the whole box down? And, and, you know, they say that it lives on, you know, surfaces for certain periods of time. And so, yeah. Lengthy times. Yeah. Yeah. So taking every precaution. We watched this video of this guy, this doctor in New York that, you know, he said the whole hospital has gone to nothing but treating COVID. And wow. he said, he spent a long time saying this over and over the different ways, but it was basically wash your hands and do not touch your face. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands and do not touch your face. And, you know, it's interesting how, have you read about how uh, soap breaks down the fat of the cell? No, but I use soap. I mean, I use hand soap. Yeah. Well, my dogs are starting to bark. Maybe this is a good time to say goodbye. All right. Ruth, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad you've been on this podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I look forward to it. I appreciate you, and I look forward to it, uh, hearing what came out of this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, have a good day. Stay safe, Seth. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, your host and colony coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Dairy Hollow. To find out more about the Writer's Colony, visit writerscolony.org. That's writerscolony.org. Until tomorrow, stay safe, be well, and write on.